Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. <laughs> if I would have put that one out. <laughs> oh. oh! This is an inside job from Allie. All right, what's up, everybody? And I'm not counting out Susie either. This is so bad. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the DMVR Nuggets. Allie produces our show for the first time in weeks. Starts us off with the Losers Lounge. She's from Philadelphia. Coincidence or not? I don't know, man. I don't know. Shouts to Kale, who's not watching this. I'm not open an investigation. If Kale's watching this, you turn it off right now. Yeah, he had, a, he had, a, he had a, a slip and fall, and he is out Intro on the music IR. Gate. Um, but we do have a great show for you today, guys. I'm actually excited to get to this one. We got to shake the cobwebs off. You know, you got to shake off all the chat's furious. They should be furious. <laughs> I don't blame you. Uh, we oh. do have a good show for you today, guys. We got a lot of stuff to get to. The Nuggets practice today. It has. It's been a while since they practiced. There's some notes there. We even got. Um, you know, a little one-on-one with Bones Highland over here. Harrison Wendell have some notes for us on all of that. We also want to talk about Bones Highland and the trade rumors, man. These are p- picking up, I feel. Yeah, they are. You can feel it. You feel can feel it in the it. air. They, sort of th- yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to all of that. We'll talk about what does it mean and also, like, some of the – what do we know about it? What are some of the rumors that have come out public so far? I also do want to give some updated thoughts on that game against the 76ers. I know it's tough to – Open up old wounds or this or that. But oh, they're open. You get emotionally <laughs> removed. <You> no get, <laughs> yeah, no. Never <laughs> Thankfully, Ali did that for us. So, you know. Tear no. the bandit yeah. off the second yeah. the show starts. Man. But I do want to talk about some of the basketball <laughs> stuff that I think uh, comes away from that. And then later in the show, to cleanse our palate of that distasteful conversation, we're going to laugh at LeBron James uh, for what is arguably uh, his funniest moment today. It was very funny. It's actually pretty funny. It was very funny. I got Brennan Vote with me. Hey, gang. How are you? Uh, Monday, new week, new me. Let's go, man. I've turned a lot of leaves since you last saw me. Most you of them were. Of yeah, I was gonna say most, <laughs> most of them were five prong. Yeah, that's much more accurate. Uh, I love when you wear your winter boots. By the way, oh, I just thanks, love it. Dude. Over here, I got D line. Guys, uh, I went to bed. Uh, a Nuggets fan on Saturday. I woke. I didn't like the world that I woke up into. Nothing's been good ever since that moment. Eric is a really, really, really tough hang in those moments. Unhinged. And by hang, I mean in slack. He's been unhinged. Completely well, that's, lost. That's me. what I like about him, though. Here's he the thing: is that like, his emotions I'm on his a, sleeve. I'm He's a, a real one. Yeah, people recognize this in the world. They appreciate it. I have yeah. the same emotions that others do, and I don't try to pretend it. Do you think that, that other everyone else is no longer a Nuggets fan? I didn't say that. <laughs> I'm a, I, I'm Hold a, on. I said that I don't. I just don't like the world that I woke up into. Uh, none of us do, to be honest with you. And then over here, the handsome one, Harrison. Wayne. I got to ask vote about the boots, though. What's up? Did it snow? Yes. It actually did. He doesn't wake up early yeah, enough to know that. There's snow on the ground. The roads are fine. Well, that's because it barely snowed. Anyway, we got to keep it moving, guys. <laughs> okay. we got to get into our fine. show. It's cool. We here today. Nuggets did practice at Ball Arena today. I'm told the mood was chipper, which is always funny. Okay. I'm teasing you, Eric, of course. Well, I know. But but there is this like <laughs> level of like when you're a fan, you're so mad, you're so down. Yeah, you get like, over it. When will I ever get over it? And then players are kind of like, yeah, man, we played a bad quarter. Like, it's fine. Yeah, those players don't uh, find themselves in mortal battle, mortal struggles on Twitter like the rest of us. <laughs> That's so true. You know, I, I had to give up a lot of ground <laughs> you really this week, and I don't yeah. know when I'm going to be able to get it back or if. Oh, uh, you will. Come on. Uh, but Harrison, walk me through some of the, the takeaways today from practice. Yeah, I would agree. It was a chipper mood. You would have never known that Denver just lost a big game. Um, they've moved on, but, you know, Michael Malone still talked about that game a little bit today. You know, he was talking about the Jokic and Bede dynamic and you know, Michael Malone from time to time. 
dips his toe into the MVP he likes it. conversation, the MVP chatter. Uh, but he was saying how you know he could tell that Joel Embiid really wanted that game. Just really, you know, it was obviously cognizant of the narrative going into that game and wanted it. And Malone said, look, you got to tip his cap to him. He played really well. I hate that. Why didn't we want it? Well, here's the thing I wanted to ask. Do you get this? Michael Malone uses the media. I mean, he's barely ever speaking to the media. He's like speaking to someone You're else. Con- he's media. not having a, yeah. he's not talking to Adam Mata. Do you so feel like the they're just, I didn't see this. I wasn't at practice. I had a meeting. Did you get the sense that this was a, he's talking to Nicola or he's talking to the team? No, not in this instance. Okay. I, I, I think he's done that many times before. I don't think this was one of those times. Okay. Because, um, yeah, I just don't think so. He did then go on to say that, look, I also know Nicola can play a lot better. Um, we get another chance to play them in our building. Um, and, you know, Nicola was efficient, made 8 of 12, made a couple threes, but he did have seven turnovers. That's not the Nicola we're used to. And then he said, look, I thought there were times when he could have been more aggressive in the way they no, were guarding him. No question. And, of course, he was talking about, you know, when – they put P.J. Tucker on him in the second half, and he had a lot of chances to take advantage of that mismatch. Um, But then Malone did circle back and say, look, I felt like we outplayed them for 36 minutes. Three quarters, almost three quarters, you know. Maybe I'd say 34 minutes. Yeah. But um, No, he's right. It was 36. They were up 15 points with one minute and 59 seconds left in the third quarter. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I mean. 12, Uh. 24... Uh, oh, you're right. 34. Yeah. Good job. Your <laughs> yeah. math was better. Welcome Quicker. to Math Corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Malone earlier today on the radio did say this kind of to that point. Uh, he says that the Nuggets were not surprised when they put P.J. Tucker on Nikola Jokic. Said they were not surprised. Um, other teams have guarded Nikola that way with smaller players in the past. We know that very well. And um he says just his message to Jokic in that fourth quarter was just to be more aggressive and to punish that mismatch. But no, they were not surprised at all that Philly went to that. All right, that's good to know. I think it honestly moves a lot more of the onus onto Nicola. Yeah. Which Absolutely. I think become clear the more like on rewatch of the game. Yeah. yeah. Um, on the MVP conversation, Malone said, Look, look, the narrative seems to change on an hourly basis in today's society. It's not even daily anymore. It's hourly. He said the fact that the MVP favorite can swing after one basketball game is crazy to me. That's taking nothing away from Joel Embiid. He's been run up the last two times in a row. He's a great player, but it's crazy to me that it can change after one game. My question is, did it change? Well, I, th- I don't know. I haven't actually looked I don't, at the odds. I don't you really look up know. DraftKings MVP odds. I think Jokic is up. still the favorite. But I mean, sure, he's still the favorite, but yeah. did, the, did it change? Here's the thing I'm going to say. This, to me, is one half step above most valuable Philadelphian level oh, of weakness yeah. from Michael Malone. Of course it should matter. Yes. Of course it should matter. Also, the MVP's not voted on in January. This is just conversation. This is just like how people talk about it, talking heads. And if games didn't matter, what are we doing here? I hate that from Malone. I kind of don't like that. It didn't need to be said. Yeah. I don't think Malone needs to talk about the MVP conversation so. at all. I don't think so either. And I think it's like really We lame. need to move beyond the MVP conversation. They, they were like as a society. Answers well, to as a podcast. MVP questions, to be fair. Like yeah. explicitly yeah. about MVP were the questions. Yeah, he was just that's answering good, the that's questions. Question. That's, that's a good question. question. According to DraftKings, Nikola Jokic still the heavy favorite. Okay. Minus 115. Second is Joel Embiid with plus 260. Oh, he moved up from plus 850 to 260 then after that one. So he really... Became, oh really? Yeah, hey, man, yeah. So that's I'm a good. Big game. Like, I agree. That, it was a showcase game, and he dominated. Yeah, I agree. yeah, yeah. Yep. That stuff should matter. I agree. Yeah. All right, keep going. And then another interesting comment from Malone was just on the trade deadline and conversations with Calvin Booth. You know, like does Malone go to him, and do they have those conversations? Malone had a lot to say. He said, "Look, we're first in the West right now by two games, but I think we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to our fans, the organization." to just keep trying to improve our team. Uh, he said, look, it's not difficult conversations between me and Calvin. That's an interesting quote. Yeah, it's not these, you know, talking about improving our team. It's not difficult to talk about. We have an open dialogue about it. Um, but Malone said, look, in, in those conversations, you have to ask yourself two questions. Does this move, this potential move, does it make us better? And the other question is, how will it affect our locker room and our culture he went on to say, talent is a given, but does this player fit our identity? Does he fit well? What is he about? Is he a Denver Nugget? So those are the two questions 
that the Nuggets are asking themselves in every trade. Yeah. Does it make us better? Is this a guy fit in our culture? I'm more interested, though, there, Eric, in the fact that he says it's not a difficult question. I feel like trades, and I've been framing it this way, that the next moves are hard. They're difficult. I mean... They're making it sound like it. I mean, well, I think it's easy to talk about in the abstract, but okay. until you pull the trigger, it's, right. what, it's another thing. It's what we do on this show every day. I mean, you can talk about players as assets, but at a certain point when you're like, oh, my God, right. like, that's when it becomes difficult, which is why, you know, you see tra- trades every year, but not as many as you would imagine based on how many people talk about it all year long. Right, right, yeah. I do, though, think that this is a hint into an alignment of, like, the team kind of feels unified about what, the, what it is, what direction they're going. It's just a hint at it. I'm not, we'll see how everything shakes out and everything. You, but right now, I would say it just, it still sticks out to me as a thing that you don't just say, Cavalier. Mm-hmm. More on that, he said, look, to make a move, to not make a move, there's no pressure. If something happens, it happens. If it doesn't, we know what this team is capable of. Yeah. yeah. So if nothing happens, I, I think there's confidence that this team can get it done. We'll talk about the likelihood of that in the next segment too. By yeah. the way, this is nothing I don't think is like has is like oh they have to do it right. You got to yeah. unload this guy or whatever. Like well, that, that. I mean that's the thing we're talking about a team that's in first place uh, in a, with a little bit of a cushion in the West, which is nothing that should be taken for granted for or like overlooked. Right. We are talking about though <clears throat> a stage for the Denver Nuggets where it is all about the margins. It's about right. getting to that perfect place. For me, it's always though that second part, like and what I think is different about this team and what makes them special is the the vibes, you know, yeah. for, for lack of a better word, like just the camaraderie and like the the teamness, as uh, George yeah. Carl would say. Like these are all players that have gone to war together a lot of them and you know they've they've been through a lot together especially last year um and the you know it it would just be i i it i'm troubled by the idea of bringing sort of like a mercenary into that world you know mm-hmm. if it is i mean i mean bruce brown be, came in and is can be considered yeah yeah truly but you know that that happened in the off season there, there's something about like yeah the, you're right you come through camp yeah i don't know um yeah i, I can totally see what you're saying there and then the last thing from Malone, he was talking about Michael Porter Jr. being back with the team. Um, Malone said, look, it was great for him to get back with us, rejoin the team in Philly, and how he played. Whenever your family's going through a tough time, any player's going through a tough time, sometimes getting back on the court can be like a sanctuary. And I, I'm with this, man. Like, sometimes you got a lot of shit going on. Oh, yeah. If I, sometimes if I have a lot of shit going on, being on this podcast is just kind of like no doubt. a sanctuary. You can just lock in and just kind of get away from the real world? Man, I feel like the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> really? Shit. Yeah, we can tell, bud. All your outside <laughs> shit definitely comes to this podcast. Yeah. I can sometimes it block it out. <laughs> Hand it to us. Yeah. But um, no, nah, I think Michael Porter getting back with the team, he can just kind of, you know, block that other stuff out a little bit yeah. as much as he can, you know. I, I will say one difference, though, because as much as I do appreciate that, and I think with Michael Porter in particular, I mean, there are guys on the team and guys in the NBA where basketball is number one, two, and three thing in their life, and there's a lot of NBA players where that is not the case. Yep. I think yep. with Michael Porter, basketball is very high on the list of things he likes most about living, about life. You know, <laughs> So I do think for him it's that. But at the same time, you play poorly, and all of a sudden, this like sanctuary becomes the pressure. Yeah. Like this is sure. just the thing about the NBA is you're playing in front of millions of people. And press is involved, and I'm sure it's yeah. a guy who doesn't want to answer a lot of questions right now. It's, yeah. it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. By the way, you were talking about the Nuggets being in first place. Isn't it funny that they won eight, nine games in a row? Yeah, it takes and one gained to... zero ground, and then they lost three or four and have gained two spots on <laughs> because <laughs> because the Grizzlies have gone zero and five when Denver went. One and yeah. the not one since no. Shannon Sharp. No, neither team lost with, for like I think they got 20 days, and yeah. then all of a sudden both teams did not get ejected. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It makes it a lot easier to buy into like the well, the process was good, just a tough result when yeah, Memphis yeah, yeah. is yeah. losing. Yeah. Like, all right. All right, keep going, Win. And then we heard from KCP as well. I got a couple of things from KCP. He said on the trade deadline, KCP said the first time he went through it as a young player, he was shook. But, yeah. you know, it says he learned that he just has to control what he can control. And uh, you don't really get a say where you go most of the time, but you just got to block it out. KCP, 
you're not getting traded. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. think he has to be You'll that be shook okay. about yeah. it anymore. Yeah. Uh, and then KCP also says he has not heard from the NBA about the three-point contest. But um, if he did get an invite, he would be there. Oh, come on, invite him. Also, the three-point contest is apparently going to be on his birthday. Oh, come on. Feb 18. And a guy Send who goes Kenny by Kenny Pope to the three point. A guy who goes by a three letter acronym, KCP, <laughs> in the three point competition. I was driving my Scion ST. Uh, is he the guy you'd most want to see in the three point competition from the Nuggets? Yeah, not for me. No, me either. No, but he's earned Bill it. Bill Porter, number one, yep. Bones, number two, and KCP, three. Yep. Even Can, though KCP is like the better. Yeah, the Nuggets haven't it. had somebody in three point contest, so I don't know. Can the three-point contest mess up your shot like the home run derby messes up your shot? That's a great question. Right? I don't That's think my so. Question. It's the same stroke. Yeah. So don't you're not, think you're, not so. you're not shooting for the fences. Okay. In that case, <laughs> I think Bones in it would be the most fun. Oh, yeah. Everything Bones does is fun. Yeah. Michael Porter Jr. probably would be the most successful, however. I think Michael Porter I think would KCP be the most would fun. be the most successful. I, the, the, KCP is a machine. I know, but the thing about like if you watch we watch Porter do stations with no defense in empty gyms and it's the greatest shooter I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I would be very curious to like he might get in an all-time zone on one of those. It, for me it's Porter. Not Jack White. <laughs> oh, George Jack wouldn't rule it out. <laughs> but KCP, I I actually liked the question cuz it's a sneaky He's definitely earned at least the question about the invite. He's shooting the cover off the ball. Yeah. Um, all right. Those are all your notes. Yes. Um, look forward to a piece from me that I'm guessing of the Bones stuff. Oh, yeah. I also talked to Bones today. Just chatted. I'll have a piece on the DNVR about it. But I asked him about the trade deadline, just how he's dealing with it. And he gave some good responses, I thought. No, we'll look forward to that up on yeah. the DNVR.com. All right. Let's take our first break on the other side, though. We will dr- dive into these latest Bones Highland trade rumors what we make of them, and what the return, the rumored return or targeted return is. Talk about all of that on the other side. Athletic Greens is a product I use every day uh, in my daily life. Look, if you want better gut health, if you want more energy in your day, check out Athletic Greens. One scoop of it, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. It's great for any diet, any lifestyle. Super friendly with that. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D with your first purchase and also five free travel packs. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash nuggets, athleticgreens.com slash nuggets to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I love Athletic Greens. Yeah, I don't love this microphone, though. It keeps, like, crawling up your face. That's too bad. (laughs) You just need to adapt to gin. Uh, Okay. Oh, what? I'm not letting you get away with that. <laughs> no, nor should you. Just don't acknowledge it. Um, <laughs> shady Rays, guys. I should be wearing my Shady Rays right I know now. you I'm should, not, dude. Your I'm future not. is so bright. Kick off the new year with new gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes Go! with premium polarized shades, customizable now. Thank you. Oh, see, that's why we have producers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Allie. Um, Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that offers world-class products that's just as good as any expensive pair that you might have worn. They're awesome. Durable frames, extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. Really stylish as well. Really stylish. Yeah, they got everything you need. Even an idiot like me can get a <laughs> pair of sunglasses that looks re- uh, reasonable yeah. on my face. This is exclusive to our listeners. Only you guys can get this. Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the year. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR. DNVR, or visit them in-store. They're in Park Meadows. 50% off two or more pairs of polarized glasses. 50% off it's ridiculous two good. or more pairs. Two or more. What yeah. is that? Is there a limit? I don't no. know. Just two or more. But if you think about it, that really means buy one, get one free, and then but you can continue going out. Yeah. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Uh, yeah. ShadyRays.com or in-store at Park Meadows. Use the code DNVR to get that. All right, back here, segment two, talking now about the latest. Mike Singer had a report today that the Nuggets are looking for a two-way player, two-way like role player, or a first-round pick for Bones Highland. I want to start off with this vote. Yeah. Here's the thing about the Bones Highland trade. Oftentimes when a tra- t- player is traded, when it is like, you know, speculative or this or that, maybe one rumor comes out. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's like, oh, okay, no, we, we heard this weird report. This is like second, third Remember, we've heard in a week now about yeah. this one. It just feels... Go yeah. ahead. you want to take it? This is what they... They seed these. They, they seed the clouds before the, the storm begins. <laughs> Always. This Who's is, they? 
uh, executives, the uh, Illuminati, the yeah. Illuminati. <laughs> yes, the the yes. This is what happens. It's like they want to give you time to sort of like absorb what that feels like to live in that reality a little bit, and then before they they finally. I think it's less it. that the calculated. We got to let the fan base know ahead of time, and more that if you have a conversation with anybody, the odds of it leaking go up. And if you have a conversation with 15 people, the odds of it leaking are almost an exa- a lock. And I think it might be just... I'm Again, think there might be something of that nature. Either way, I go as to say that like, I have flipped, as of today even, into the like, hmm, I feel like it's more likely to happen now than I did maybe a couple days ago. Well, when there's enough smoke, you start to assume there's fire for sure. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. One thing with Bones, like one one factor in this dynamic is... He made so much sense. Like, if the Nuggets were going to make a trade and meaningfully improve their roster, he's likely at the heart of the package. So he's also been in these conversations before any actual news-breaking or rumors started, right? Right. Like, these conversations have been happening around Bones for a while. And with good reason. Like, look, as far as guys who don't quite fit in right now but have enough talent that they might fetch interest or garner interest, he's the first guy you think of. And so... uh, I wonder, to your point, it's out there to such an extent right now, I'm positive he's seen it, you know? It's not (laughs) like one rumor or two. It's everywhere. And I'm curious to see how he responds one way or another. When I'm curious what you think of the return here. I mean, a two-way player, like, of course, who doesn't want a two-way player, especially when you're a champion? Three and D. Yeah, let's just say that. (laughs) We could just say that part didn't need it. The Nuggets were like, they're looking for a current all-star or... like. so let's throw out the two-way player, and let's just say a first-round pick. That one also sounds almost surprising to me that Denver could be viewing his value to this specific team and thinking draft capital would actually be as valuable to us. Yeah. I mean, I think you definitely would rather, at this point, a player that can help you than a pick. Like, if the Nuggets trade Bones Highland for just a first-round pick... There's going to be some blowback from the fan base, absolutely. Because, I mean, this is championship or bust. Like, that's where we are. If you get just get a first-round pick and you don't flip that first-round pick for anything, like, that's not helping you win a championship this season, I feel like. But so, here's the question. You say that, but here's the question. Bones is currently the biggest minus negative player on the team. Is it possible that the team views like, hey, yeah, but we actually have a replacement waiting? Well, I mean, yeah. first of all, your guy, I Christian was, I Brown, was going to get to in. that. Yeah, for, a- absolutely. I mean, if Bones gets traded and you don't get a pick back, you can just be like, oh, well, Bruce Brown is our backup point guard. Christian Brown's our backup shooting guard. Boom, right there. Like, there's the, our replacement. <laughs> can you go out and get a better player than Christian Brown? I don't know. I mean, maybe. I don't know, though. The thing is, like, I think there's definitely interest in Bones. Like, I think they can get a first-round pick from a bunch of people. I think they can get other players that are out there. I think a trade probably is going to happen. Um, but um, just a first-round pick, I feel like there could be some blowback there. Yeah, why would you do that now? You don't have to do that now. Like, you could do that after the season was over. Like, what is the – unless you're telling me you're getting a first-round pick that you're going to then use in another – move to get a player back do you think it's possible the team feels that the team will be better if they move on from bones why can't you just not play him like i I don't understand like to me it's like if you have a talented player we were talking about this earlier like if you have various arrows in your quiver some are blue some are uh bony some are other just different types of attacks that you can use against your uh your opponent like the Jordan Poole role well, from Golden State. Like there are times when Mike Bones can come in and get absolutely microwave hot. It's it's tough because Bones has been really bad for a few months now. I think the answer to your question though, Eric, is another pertinent question, which is like, all right, then you start to wonder, is it like are things not super awesome, right? Like we talk about the vibe and how everything's fitting. And I don't want to get into that if more, we don't more know. what I would say though, because what I think what you're getting at here is you're saying, could you just not play him like he's right. there available to you? If you don't play Bones for three games in a row, the way you don't play Zeke Naji sometimes for three games in a row, is that you think is that like something you feel is viable that you would speculate? I know we don't I, know the answer to that. All but. I know is that if you give up good players and then somebody gets hurt and you don't have good players to play, then you're the Nuggets of the last two years. Like you just, to me, it's like insane to get rid of quality players when you're making a push, even if you don't have an immediate role for them. Like. 
because you don't know what the what the, the crazy war of attrition that is the NBA season will bring to you. We've seen this. Like, I'm saying you need like more troops, not less. Right. And I think it would amount, in my opinion, even if it worked out for them this year, I think it would still amount to a mismanagement of an asset, in my opinion. And like, they seem to be low enough on bones that they're okay with moving on. But to me, this is a guy that's so talented and under team control. You have far more to get out of him, whether it's on the floor or yes. as an asset, than just like, we'll move on from him because this isn't really working working out. Um, so just on the surface, right, without knowing anything about what the conversations are behind the scenes, on the surface, I think just moving him for a pick and not trying to meaningfully upgrade the roster would feel like a waste. Totally. It would be a waste. I, I feel less that way, to be honest with you guys. And some of this is... Yeah, the idea of the asset in the future for the Nuggets of Bones Highland to me is if he's a really good player, Denver's going to have to trade him next year anyway because at, then you just get into a point of can you afford a really good player, like a future star. Maybe, maybe. But then the, then there's the part, well, if he's bad this year, if it continues to be where it's like, hey, because let's be honest, if he plays the final th two and a half months the way he's played the previous two and a half months, I'm not sure that, that his value is actually going to increase sure. between now and then. Um, and then the idea that if you traded a first-round pick for a first-round pick, that's actually a lateral move just conceptually, meaning you, you got him for a first, you traded him for a first, and you got a year and a half out of him, one of which was really good, and a year that was kind of a gap year for but you. There's so many, like... I was If I went through every player that was picked 20 through 30 and said, could you trade this player for a first-round pick, it, you probably would go 5 for 10 on yeses. Exactly. Like, they hit on a first-round pick, which is, like, not a guarantee. It's, like, something that you shouldn't take for granted. And, like, it just being like, okay, we got another first pick. We'll just get another good player. It's like, will you? Are you sure about that? Like, Here, Here's the thing, though, that the Nuggets have to think about right now. Yeah, they hit on Bones Highland. Absolutely. They, they they did that. You can check check that box. But, like, how much is Bones Highland going to help the Nuggets in the playoffs? How much is Bones Highland going to help the Nuggets in the finals? He did last year. That was last year. Based, it's, yeah, based it's on, a different team. I mean. Based on how he's been playing, based on this team this year, I don't 100% feel confident that he's going to be a positive in a playoff game. I don't right now. Yeah. I agree with you on that. And that. if you're the Nuggets, like, that's what matters. Like, yeah, he can win you a regular season game. He can win you the game tomorrow night against the Pelicans with, you know, a couple threes. Is he going to be able to do that in the playoffs, or is he going to be a minus? Like, th that's what Denver has to think about. And right now, I, I wonder if the latter is more likely to be true. And, like, that's, that's what... That's what you got to be thinking Equally about. as important to that to me is the identity that the, I think the team is honestly more clear in, in what it is the identity of the team needs to be going forward. And I think Bones, while a good player, maybe doesn't fit the identity that they are trying to go with. So if you replaced him, even if it was just with a pick, you're replacing him with Christian Brown, who more fits in line with the identity that they see to be. Whether they're right or wrong, we'll just have to wait and, and see. But that at least is like, hey, this is what we're going for, and this player is not that. Jamal's going to have to be way better then. No it, kidding. He's going to have to be way better because I wonder how that unit will score. I kind of think just about any player on this roster right now, if have to be the starting point guard for that unit, you could say the same things about are we sure they're going to be a positive in the playoffs. Now, Bones, there's like a low floor thing to him. It's shaky. I get it and concede that. But I – like, is Bruce Brown going to look great as the starting point guard in that unit? I don't know. No, um, you're right that it would be Murray. I think that would have going, the idea is going forward, Murray is your captain of that unit. But you're right. And, and he needs to score for that group. And here's the other thing. Like, Bruce Brown is the number one guy on this roster that Malone would play 40 minutes if he could. And if Jamal is going to be staggering and playing a lot of those, like, his minutes are going to get high. Yeah. It, like, well, it, I don't know, man. I think I think it's going to be harder work than it seems to keep both of those guys' minutes where you want them it, without it, Bones. Right now, Bones, as I mentioned, has been the biggest negative on the team. You're right that these things can trade. He has, like, I'm still high on Bones. I mean, I think I'm the highest player outside of Eric, maybe, on Bones on the panel. Like, I really, really think he's going to be great. But I just understand the idea of, like, you're well, trying to for, form a fit and this or that. And here's the thing I wonder. <laughs> if the Nuggets do make a trade, because we're only nine days away from the trade deadline, if the Nuggets do make a trade and the bench unit ends up as a positive, you know, for the rest of the year or this or that, will we be, even if Bones goes off to have a great, goes to Detroit and he ends up having a great, you know, plays great over there, will we, will you view it as a success? If it's, he is a good player and turns into a star, but Denver also made themselves better. Through a, just a first round pick or through a play? Through, a, say, just a first round pick. Uh, no, I won't. 
I don't because I I don't think that what we are seeing from Bones currently is his final form, even here. They don't have time for that, though. I don't know like, if that's true. They're, what, they're in first you, place. When you're trying to win a championship, but they're in you, first place. The young Suns, players, the Suns were young in first players, place last like year. yeah, but they're not. You can't think on about young players developing. You just can't. Like I, we we've been in that mode the last seven years. But Bones is not a player where we are reliant upon. Like we actually kind have of, a kind of kind of are though. I don't think that that's I put true. The like stat in the article today, the Nuggets are twelve and zero when Bones is a positive. Which one? He's only been in the positive twelve times this entire year, and they're actually seventeen and two when he is a minus two or greater. They actually are dependent on him when he's at minus three or worse, meaning the units with him on the quarter are minus three or worse. Denver has a losing record. I just I I, I don't view us like if you're telling we have first off we have more than half a season left. We have or close to half a season left for bones to sort of like figure out what's going on. Like get, I mean like, and again, we're like, we are in first place. Like we're not, we're not like guys, we got to figure this out immediately. Like there actually is time for the team to sort of, and you know, the two of, you know, especially like we, when we spoke to Bones, he said he's not sure of his role all the time. Yeah, like absolutely. a lot of that is coaching. A lot of that is like putting him in a position to be it's able. It's been to, a weird fit for sure. He doesn't quite know what he's supposed to be doing, which to me is like, all right, we gotta communicate that. But we know what Bones has. We know the raw talent that he has. We've seen it on display. This is like he's not just a pure, uh, you know, potential player. Like we've seen in action what he can bring. And so, I mean, I I'll be the first to say like his minutes. Of the, in the last month, month and a half, have been very frustrating at times, yeah. and you just want him to make shots, but you know he can. So like, but I, I mean, I don't, don't get me wrong. I understand everybody's point of view on this. I mean, I, I just I hate giving up good players. I hate looking back and being and like, I, I that get could that, have, that could have been too, us. Yeah. Like, you know, this guy, and you know, like, because I'm I'm actually thinking about this like in dynastical terms. Like I right, believe that, right. that we have the core that we're going to continually need to put good players around. And so. from and your perspective, because we're not Calvin Booth, right? Like from your perspective, it's dude, you know what I don't want is field bull bull esque super chats about Bones Highland right. turning into a, a stud somewhere else. Yeah. You know, I get that. I too. think the better facsimile though for Bones <clears throat> might be Nurkic. In that Nurkic we knew was good. We knew that it was coming to a place where it can. And for Nurkic, it was further and more loudly like, okay, this is definitely not going to work. But the question almost no longer became like, is this guy going to turn into something good? Um, and I think that it might be the same for Bones. I mean, we were talking about Jamal Murray needs to step up. The two complaints we've had about Jamal Murray is he gets so passive, he just runs the corner and he's like, Bones, you handle this. Or he takes over, then Bones is in the corner and not doing anything. It does seem like, for whatever reason, One or the other. those haven't worked out. And I agree with you. I don't think it's inevitable that they never would. Right. But I do wonder if the team just senses that that's not something that's going to happen now. And can you get punt on it this season if it gives you a better chance? That's actually a good philosophical question. Would you punt on this season if you knew it lowered your odds so dramatically that you can, but it gave you a better odds for the next two years? Well, no, but I mean, we don't know that. Like, I mean, obviously, like, I, I feel as though it's championship or bust, but I don't feel like this is the move that is the whether or not it's going to bust or work. Like, this is like. I think that, but I, I think it's not unreasonable for the team to maybe view that way. He's been a negative in more unless, games than not. Unless you get, unless you're telling me you get a player back that will meaningfully affect the floor now and the, the players on the floor um, and will meaningfully affect the second unit. Like I don't see a powerful second. If unit. If they trade it for a pick, it clearly means that they view bones as a negative net player. Well, I mean, they, they and trading him would get to a zero. I, I mean, I understand that. I just don't agree with that viewpoint. I just don't. Uh, yeah. I, I do think it's, you know, I've said this a couple times, I'm not in a place where any of these opinions, I'm like, whoa, that's outlandish. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get all you know? of it. Totally, yeah, I of think course. I think there's a lot. And like this is a good example of like all these lines bleed together, and especially in this job. But some people, this is their job. Some people, you're just a fan. And we all view this a little bit differently. Like the intangible stuff of having bones around, what that means to a fan can be considerably more valuable, right, than Calvin Booth, who has to have a kind of calculated, cold look at this. There's a title right. on the horizon. I'm going to do everything we can to make sure we're we're the best team we can be. But I also love that there's a small part of a lot of fans out there that are like, hang on, I like this guy, and right. that's enough. I feel connected to him, and that's enough. And on top of that, there's talent to believe in. So I don't think anyone is being crazy. No. I don't think anyone's being crazy either. I will say one thing, though, about the draft pick. You know, if you feel that 
and I know you disagree with this, but if you feel that, hey, if we just replaced Bones with Christian Brown and everything else was the same, would our floor rise? Even if our ceiling with the second unit doesn't go up, you, I think there's a logical argument to say we don't need the ceiling of the second unit to go up for us to win a title. We need the floor to go up because we just need them to not lose any games for us. Jokic Murray are going to win us four. Right. As long right. as nobody right. loses one, we're good. And I think that might be the argument for this year. And then when you start to talk about the pick, I understand the idea of like, well, don't you just do this again? You draft a player. Two things. One, the players that he... Calvin Booth picked Christian Brown, who's a ready-now player. He didn't take... If we look at the Tim Conley Tim era, Conley drafted Bones Highland. He, but yes. he also just drafts upside. Like He drafted a lot of players that were like, man, we work with this guy in two years, he's going to be good. And I think that the Christian Brown move was very much a, this is a guy that can contribute now, we'll probably only have him for four years, maybe longer, but four years, and he'll be a four-year positive impact player. So there's that. But then the second part, I think the most important one, and I don't know if Denver were to get a pickback, what their plan would be, but right now, why is it so hard for Denver to make a trade? Because... Teams only want two things. A win-now player is why I said two-way wing. You want that? Yeah, everybody wants that. That or draft capital. And we've gotten to this this point in the NBA where teams are only either racing to the top or racing to the bottom. And if you have a draft pick, that's how you get good players. So if Denver acquired one and didn't use it this year, is it put them in better position to actually make the big move in the summer or a year down the line? Denver doesn't have any assets to trade. See, but to me, that's kicking the can. Like... To me, it's like we've got the team. If you're talking about something that is ultimately a future move, and it's just addition by subtraction, like you don't. That, but yeah, but that's a real thing. But Maybe. I don't know that you you don't have to subtract to get that addition. You could just be like, hey, play Christian Brown. Let's actually test this theory without being married to it. Yeah. I mean, that is one thing. I would have liked to have seen a couple more minutes of well, this. Well, that's what I mean. Like, Maybe we'll see it if, between if now it's and a th- then. If that is the theory, like, then let's test it out. Like, would you like to see that over the next like, well, two games at home? Yeah, let's do no it. No bonus like, minutes? I'm fine with it. Like, And if they get murdered, you're I'm, like, hey, we can't do just, this. Yeah, like they can't score or whatever. There's a lot of confusion. It works great. Like, I still don't like the idea of just getting a pick back. I want, pe- I want bodies that can contribute should the situation call for it. You know, like, especially... You know, and we have Ish Smith. You know, potentially that's somebody that could come in. I don't think. I think if they played Ish Smith, I, I think so that it's would like, be a failure. Uh, so yeah, it's like the, the, so. Get me a guy that can run the floor. Like Bruce Brown is nice as a point guard, but he's not a point guard. Again, I don't. I just don't think we'll ever see minutes without Jamal Murray and Jokic on the court, unless Murray's hurt. But I. But does that, that mean Jokic is the point when uh, Murray is sitting down? Yeah, but they we they, that lineups had great success. Without Murray there, and you have like KCP and Bruce Brown as your backcourt, or you know some blended combos that works great. I just want to, I want to see it. Like I, you know, I, I just don't want to. I, I hate the idea of punting on on such a talented player um, for reasons that don't feel like they're imminent. Yeah, I feel like they're more imminent, but this is just me personally, just looking at it, going. Well, they're imminent that, because they're the front office is making moves and calls. Like, but it doesn't have to be imminent. But they're creating. What do you mean? Well, I mean, like it'd be. No, it no, no. Like I feel like it's imminent, as in I'm with wind. You go into this playoff run as is right now, and I just would feel less confident than if you went into it with more solid players. To me, I don't, I don't worry about the second unit's upside. I don't think the Nuggets win a championship because a second unit had a crazy game. I do think that was the truth in the past because I think that happens more when you're a team that only wins one playoff game. You go, you know, like then you end up having these outlier guys that make a difference. But when you're in a championship mode, you want to. You want to win because of your guys. Jokic, Murray. For Porter sure. has a crazy game. Aaron Gordon has a crazy Those are the variables. Uh, for sure. And then everybody else is just don't screw this up for us. Yeah, but I mean, not being able to score can screw it up for you. Uh, well, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. if We'll, we'll see if it happens. We'll see if it doesn't. Yeah, I, yeah. Do think, I do think if the move happens it would put a lot of pressure on the team in the immediate aftermath of that. Like there, Denver would, If Denver went on a three-game losing streak after that, I think there would be a fan base meltdown. There, and if Denver went on a 10-game winning streak or something, I think the fan base would be like, hmm. There's long-term stuff, too. Someone put in the chat, and I think it's the right question, right? Like, okay, so if the backup point guard situation is Bruce Brown, like what happens if and when Bruce Brown leaves? Right. You know, and, and maybe Bones could have been a long-term answer to that question that – it's not just a stop gap, but it's getting better every year. But again, like this is where I don't envy Calvin Booth and the Tim Connollys of the world. When Michael Malone can say they're not tough conversations. They seem tough to me from the outside, and I don't even have to make the call. I'll tell you, Michael Malone's not thinking about next year, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that. Michael Malone's I know thinking that. I can't have a first round exit. I know that. I know. But yeah, Booth has to think about next year too, man. For that, sure, he does as well. 
All right, let's take a break. On the other side, let's uh, give some updated thoughts on this game from Saturday. Uh, NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand Uh-oh, with DraftKings okay. Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every Ooh. single day. Uh, go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, play the same game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Sign up with code DNVR. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA. Get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I, I got to say, I've been looking. They, there's like awesome basketball specific promotions up there every day like the yeah. no sweat stuff like it's there's a hundred percent bonus like every time that we bet it's like there have been a lot lately every day there's every like day a bunch. you're right like, so i've you know <laughs> i'm like i'm doing so good lately it's all the free bets <laughs> well listen man <laughs> get yourself you hit on listen you could lose like three or four same game parlays in a row and then you hit one and you're like bonus, oh let's go you're back, you're back baby just keep betting well you just like that <laughs> means, that you, know, bet, you don't bet a lot but you know what i mean Yes, a couple units. A couple units, baby. Uh, you guys, JiveHive. JiveHive.com. Let's what go, is JiveHive, you might ask? Well, it's a virtual dispensary on wheels. JiveHive.com. Uh, go there to get your order delivered same day or schedule a delivery window. Uh, they can deliver to your door if you're in Aurora, Greenwood Village, Monument, Fountain, and various areas of, areas of El Paso County. JiveHive. Dot com. It's convenient. They've got great pricing. You don't have to drive through all this weather that's been hitting this <laughs> state somebody else do it. this winter. <laughs> yeah. Just sit on your couch, make somebody else go yes, out into the yes. cold and deliver right to your door. Jivehive.com. Get your order delivered the same day or schedule a delivery window. Uh, they are now serving Aurora, Greenwood Village, Monument, Fountain, and various areas of El Paso County. That's Jivehive.com. Absolutely beautiful. All right. We back. Um, I, I'm just curious. The immediate aftermath of Saturday's game, obviously oh, very emotional, which is what yeah. makes sports so fun. You're like, yep. you only have the or raw not feeling. Or <laughs> not. Or, or what makes or it absolutely horrible. miserable. Yeah. <laughs> I'll start with you on this vote. Sure. Couple day removal. What is your sort of updated, if you, how would you summarize your takeaways now? Um, there... <laughs> There's a lot to kind of be excited and encouraged about in that game when you sift past the narrative stuff and, and sift through. Like, there, I'm excited for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's been a long time since we've seen Jokic look like he needs to go back to the drawing board. Yeah. And that can be good, man. Like, it's been two and a half years of him I every night. He has all vote. the answers to all the questions. But, like, all right. He was asked a tough question in January instead of June. I'm fine with that. You know, ruminate on that, reflect on that. How is he gonna? How is he gonna face that defense going forward? Do you know to, to that point? Do you know the last one? I think that we saw was it you? No, no. Lakers. I, mean, I think Lakers. they lost to Anthony Davis. Dwight like Howard two, and Anthony before the end three years ago. No, it was two, two and a half now, two and a half seasons. But yes, it was the Jok- first Jokic MVP season when they lost. And Anthony Davis blocked his shot at the end, like just kind of dominated him. And I feel like that was a turning point in that season maybe, for Jokic yeah. and a turning point in this or that. And I do like your point of maybe this is a reminder of like, hey man, yeah, like there's more. There's you, more. There's, there's, le- there's more. always levels to this, and you can keep growing and keep getting better. I also think Denver was three correctable minutes minutes away from winning that game in a fashion, not just the win, but in a fashion I that know. makes us feel good. So like it's a tough L, um, but. <laughs> there are bigger moments to be won for this team. Yeah, and sure. I am excited about, like, sometimes they lose those games and all you can see is is how they're just not there yet. Right. And that is not how I felt. That was an, a frustrating one to, to to watch. But I walk away from that game going, like, yeah, that's an... I don't slot Embiid all of a sudden, like, another obstacle for him to figure out. Like, I'll take that matchup, right. you know? So it's... How do they respond to this? And I wish... I wanted to ask Malone today... I wonder what what a challenge it is in balancing. You want to know why you lost that game, but you've also won so many games this year, and you know that you almost won that game, and like you don't want to dwell and linger on it too much, right? They don't seem to. You got to have a short memory, yeah. I think. So I'm about, gonna have the same. What about you, Wind? Um, I mean, just like I was saying on the losers' lounge that night, like the 
fan in me would have just loved to see Jokic take that matchup personally and just Joel Embiid was like, bro, you want to go like right now, me versus you, fourth quarter. This is winning time. Me versus you. Let's clear everybody out. The fan in me would have loved to see Jokic step up and deliver kind of because he has over the last two, three seasons and in most of those situations. Including the last time they faced each other. Exactly. Yeah. The fourth quarter of that game, he wanted that fight. Uh, he obviously didn't, but um, he obviously didn't the other night. But, you know, I think we can step back and say, like, yeah, th- this team has, you know, way bigger plans this season than winning one game in Philly in January. And I feel like the fourth quarter of that game kind of represented that. Me. Okay. So how do I feel? <laughs> uh, I was very downtrodden. Because I just, it's been a very long time since I felt like I was let down by my, my Lord and Savior, Nikola Jokic. It literally had been years. It like, liter- think about it. It had literally They'd been years. They lost games, they lost players, but it wasn't like he let us down. I didn't think it was possible. Yeah, um, I, I, so I couldn't long. believe that uh, <laughs> in that moment, you know, that. I know maybe he didn't, they don't care the way that we care, but like, I wish that they did. But also, I get it. Like, teams lose at on the floor of other opponents, uh, you know, they, you lose on the road, like in the finals, the Warriors got blown out twice in Boston. And then they actually, in the end, like won a pretty handed yep. series. Um, yep. That's what happens. That's just what happens in the NBA. Um, and the Nuggets really did look like the better team for a good portion of that game. They just like vote says there's that, that end of the third quarter was just like a disaster class by Jamal Murray. Unfortunately, like, I don't know what he was doing. Yoke too. I and others. And, yeah, others. and others. Yeah. Uh, I, the, Murray is the one that sticks out in my mind. So yes, I'm with you there. I, I all, agree with you. All, that's, all that being said, like, okay. You know, like, okay, it's just, man, we live on the internet. So for us, it <laughs> totally sucks. <laughs> right. We We've lost a right. lot of our... It was lot. Embiid Super Bowl. It was also the Twitter Super Bowl. Yes, but it should... Until yes. the next one. Right. So, you know, again, like, you look back, you're like, okay, cool, like, the Nuggets still in first place, still clearly in the driver's seat. Uh, I didn't see anything that I felt like they were completely overmatched or we really have to go back to the drawing board. It's just as like, man, it was Saturday, bro. Like, everyone's watching. Like, <laughs> Rivalry and, week, ABC. Yeah, dude, and then you just wake. I just woke up and I was like, you were first down off, bad. hungover. Uh, well, I haven't you. seen you that down bad in a while. And I didn't even see you. I just well, I was read drunk. you. I was drunk. The y- yoke and beat bit of it, though. <laughs> the yoke and beat of it, though, I just want to say, reiterate that I'm all for the, like people putting a level of importance on this stuff and Embiid taking it seriously and choosing two centers, clash of the bigs. Like, I'm going to go at you. Like, I thought that was awesome. And I do wish Jokic had done it. Uh, it doesn't. I think he did, though. Here's the thing. I think we're taking a little away. Jokic played great in the, in the first, first half. half. He yeah. was up for this challenge. I just think yeah. that there was, when things started to crumble, again, Denver was up 15 points with two minutes to go in the third. When things started to crumble, we've seen him have a response and like, okay, you go to the bench, you come back in, it's go time. And this was the first time in a long time that he didn't have go time in him. No, he well, didn't. yeah, and that's what I'm saying, though. Like, I wish that he had. Yeah. Um, and I'm all for those moments mattering. But then, like, that's kind of the beauty of sports. They mattered all day Saturday and like by tomorrow it'll be Tuesday and there's the rest of the season to play. Of course. Of course. My updated thoughts on this are simple. I think it's funny. I think sports have, especially basketball. Oh yeah. I forgot. What? That Harden play. He comes in uh, off the bench. I'm still pissed about that I can't, play. I can't, I can't believe, believe that was only one shot tech. What the hell? That seems like a He should be kicked out of the game for that. I cannot believe I'm the not NBA even kidding. Meltdown con- about this. The contested three, where if you like land in the wrong spot in the zone, is two shots and the ball. <laughs> and like Harden came off the bench to like <laughs> Bro, the, was the Nuggets were going to get a wide open Jeff Green layup <laughs> out of that play. Oh my god! Harden. It actually turned out to be a great. Play by Harden. It's the most uh, egregious yeah, thing I've ever seen. Her, her is that, is that, was that the two minutes remaining? Uh, was that the tech that Jamal Murray shot? Yes, that's what started the Can run. Can you believe that's what started the run? Jamal Murray missing the tech, then uh, the 15-0 run. Absolutely ridiculous. No, what I would whatever. say, though, is my takeaway is this. I think there are basketball takeaways and there are narrative takeaways. Oh, yes. And I don't think either one of those are wrong. And I think that some sports, sorry, Susie's listening in on this. I think baseball has, over the last 20 years, swung too far into the actual correct takes. 
and that the narrative part has become less and less of it. And the narrative part is fun. Like it, it's no, it's no less true in the experience of sports than like sometimes oh, the yes. narratives, even when the narratives themselves aren't true. Right. And I think when I look at that game and I step back and I go, uh, to me, the basketball takes are Denver looked like their best self. They dominated that game, and we were so close to getting having our cake and eating it too with the Nuggets winning and Bede Too putting close. up 40 and the Nuggets still winning. And for the rest of the year, Embiid could score 60 points a game, and it wouldn't have mattered because the narrative yep. would have been like, this is why Yoke's better because his stats impact. And it would have been true. In the first half, this was true. Embiid yeah. had 24 points. Denver was up 15. It's like, yes, playing different games here. The fact that they melted down in that third quarter and the fact that Jokic couldn't solve, at least in this one game, the P.J. Tucker defense, it flipped <laughs> things. But to me, that's a basketball take that's like, yeah, that happens. That's cool. Data, data point, right. Denver's playing good. Right. This is a good loss, whatever. What would Denver do in game two? Exactly. What would Denver, or, yeah, or even just like Denver learned something about themselves yeah. that'll come in useful the rest right. of the year. Right. But instead, there's the narrative part of this, which, again, is not wholly true, but it's also not false. Yeah, but like, yeah, that is a very important part of sports. In, hugely important. It's and like what makes you care beyond just watching guys play sports. This was a minor loss basketball-wise and a major one narrative, and that's why it sucks. But exactly. nonetheless, you know, that's part of what makes it fun. I don't think anyone is wrong and anyone is right. Um, all right. Let's uh, take our final break, a short little break here. And on the other side, we'll have a little bit of fun. We'll send you off today. We had to get a palate cleanser after this. I know, bro. After this. We're going to laugh at LeBron James. That was a heavy. Oh, that sounds cool, actually. It's actually going to be really (laughs) fun. That sounds nice. All right, guys. When you get hurt, Backus and Shanker is here to help. Backus and Shanker. They win for Colorado families. They've been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. And Bacchus and Shanker, you don't pay them any money until they win your case. Oh my I God. like that business. No Imagine. upfront fees, no fees while they work on your case, no fees until they win your case. This is like a, you could get you could get season tickets to the Nuggets for free until they win the championship. You're not charged for <laughs> your super chat do. until we read it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bacchus and Shanker, they've won over one billion dollars for their clients. And now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Englewood, and Fort Collins. They've got the strength and power to win your case with 30 lawyers and 100 staff members. Backus and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury-related cases where you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrian, trucks. They can even help you if you're injured at work. Call us. I, they have I, the, I know the number. You, it's the easiest number in Denver. 222. Yes. Two 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 two. You got it. Let's go. You got it. Two 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 two. Just keep pushing the two until (laughs) just mash the number two. (laughs) Uh, Call them to find out if you have a case for free. Again, for free. Is this Backus? No, it's Shanker. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. Backus Shanker wins. Don't do that to our editors. Sorry. (laughs) All right, guys. Back here. Final segment here. Super producer Ali. Um, I don't know if you guys watched basketball after the Nuggets game. I'm guessing you did not. Uh, all I saw was the bottom of a glass, the inside of our slack, and the, uh, the dark glass. tunnel that is the existence. That oh, I'm so you handled it well. <laughs> yeah, handled it really well. Um, the, Lakers <laughs> played after slack the Lakers played uh, the Celtics, you know, classic rivalry uh, game. In the final play, there was an egregious missed call. LeBron got hacked he did. by uh, Jason Tatum. He, did he did got hacked. He did get hacked. Oh, my God. He you did. know how bad he got hacked? He got hacked as bad as Jamal Murray did by oh. LeBron James in Game Four of the Western Conference. Oh, Conference. that's oh. disgusting! I barely heard egregious. about that one. The only difference is, of course, that one led Sports Center as a great block, despite the fact that it was very obvious it was not a great block. Nonetheless, here's how LeBron James himself reacted to this news. This rules, by the way. <laughs> No! Oh, oh, God, why? Why, God? Why? God, why? 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 This is the best part. This is the best part. He holds this pose for a oh, solid seven seconds. My God. Well, the game. I think the game was over. Well, oh, was going to over. Oh, yeah, you're right. They had a whole why? overtime to Why was it not technical? This. Because look at that camera shot. Oh, bro. my gosh. And look at this. I mean, honestly, this is a foul, but it's like, come on, man. It's just oh, it's like. A, it's a blatant right. foul. It's a bad foul. Of course, it's a foul. It's a bad miss call. LeBron fan number one checking in over here. His left hand, LeBron Tatum hacks his left hand. Hey, it's this happened in the freaking Western Conference Finals to Jamal Murray. I had a play that got Adam, celebrated. This is, this is rivalry week. What are you this talking is about? Week. I also the Nuggets lost that. a playoff game because of this. This is rivalry bad. week. And you know what Jamal Murray didn't do? This dramatic. 
exact thing. Go to this other. There's another view of this, uh, Ali. Can you? It's actually even better. The courtside view is even even better. I sent it to you also in in Slack. Why? Why in me? Nuggets this assignment. always happens to me. I know. I couldn't. I honestly can't believe the <laughs> level of. Why do we always get histrionics? <sighs> Oh, can you imagine what would this story be if Yoke did this? Can you imagine? Uh, oh, oh man, dude, those European dudes. Those Europeans so about dramatic. Everything. So well, first off, this is exactly what the coach of uh, the Italian team. Oh, like. you're so <laughs> true. When he got ejected, dude, LeBron should have gone around the and whole stadium everyone kissing everyone. That's what he does when they win. He just, yeah. <laughs> you know, this is that Italian coach. Man. This is <laughs> that video up again. <laughs> That guy's a legend. This is a, that's we're watching a man realize it's not happening this Do year. Do you see it, Al? <laughs> that's what we're watching. Okay, and then I also uh, sent a tweet there. Okay, let's Look go to this uh, in the other... fetal position. This yeah. is the part that I hate. This the is most. the one. Look at this. Oh, Look at him this. going crazy. Up, uh, picks something up, goes down. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this Terrible. is unbelievable. I honestly think this is embarrassing. Look at this. Look it at this. It is embarrassing, man. I'm telling you, this is embarrassing. This is man. the oldest he's ever been. This is the oldest he's ever been, and that's the the well, most yeah. <laughs> the the most childish he's ever acted at the oldest he's ever been. Dude, oh this is God. this is a guy realizing that winning is no longer within his control. LeBron. All right, here's the worst part, though. Here's the worst part. Can we go to the official response from the NBA? This referees? is the worst. You part. know that they this is the worst. Occasionally, part. will do the la or they'll do the last two minute report, and there's bad calls in every goddamn last two minute report. There's a bad one. I've never seen a tweet that oh reads God. like this. LeBron wrote this. This does. <laughs> oh, hold on. I can't read that one, so I'm pulling up the thing on Twitter here real quick. Um, and they say, like everyone else. First of all, they start like this. What Le the hell is this? Me. Like everyone else. Comma. Referees make mistakes. Uh, I've, no. I've never made We mistake. made one I at the end of last that. night's game, and that is... Gut wrenching for us. Oh, this is gut wrenching. This it's is gut wrenching. They're this all is... sick to their stomach that they oh, could have got this, this wrong. Is filthy. Work. This play will weigh heavily and cost sleepless nights. No as sleepless. We strive to be the best Not referees any we sleep. can be. This is an official statement from the referees. This is. They're going to be sleepless. Do you guys remember when the when the Kings like literally blatantly got robbed? This to start is. Yeah, that's right. They didn't did this account, was this? They did this sleep for a week after that one. Not just a night. This is more emotional than when the Jokic brothers had an account <laughs> yeah, so and they got on just to troll the <laughs> Morris brothers this is the most emotional imagine if you're a referee that he speak this is one account speaking for all referees I'm sure one of them's like you can hit that like astro that. music like, there. The yeah, hell? I, I slept just fine. Do you think Tony Brothers ever loses sleep over a call? No. Hell By no. the way, he's he's refing the Lakers game tonight. Don't course They called in the. Don't. They put out the signal. We need Tony Brothers. We're having sleepless Here, nights over here. Thing. Two of the refs who ref this game are also refing tonight. So they're roughing tonight on no sleep. So we're gonna see. Yeah, gonna, I was gonna say we're gonna we're gonna see their bleary eyes. They haven't their slept and now are working tonight. Oh my Don't God. let this distract you, fellas, from the fact that clutch time Tatum committed an egregious foul and almost lost that game. At home. That's all I'm saying. Don't let yeah. it distract you. You know what? I like this. I also love the idea that the NBA there's a conspiracy to keep the Lakers out of the playoffs. Oh yeah, the <laughs> Lakers are the only team this happens to, man. Unbelievable. You can hit that outro music. Uh, I thought we were gonna play that at the beginning. Uh, we, we'll do it tomorrow. We'll do the, the court side. We'll drop it on social today. Oh, we did have a super chat come in, though. It looks like we had three of them. Let's read them. Those people paid for these takes. Let's get Miroslav. These Miroslav? Miroslav? How do I see this name? I don't want to read it in the American. Yeah, way. you Is don't. It it's a chew. Is it chew? Yeah, okay. it's, it means little owl. Miroslav? Anyway, Dan... Uh, Dan, is it Favale? Favale. Favale is proposed acquiring uh, Isaiah Hartenstein for I'm, a second I'm rounder out. and a filler <laughs> into a TP. Guys. I wonder show. if you guys think Malone would play Hart this time. And oh, can you imagine if they like traded Jeff Green and gave Bro. and gave Malone Hartenstein, Zeke, and Vladko to choose from? <laughs> Why don't we just get Javale McGee again? Like, let's just let's just time is a goddamn flat circle. I like Hartenstein's my guy for backup center, but that train you has sailed. Me. Also. <laughs> If every fan base tweets about Hartenstein, it is the same arc. Oh, he's got a little something. I'm a little frustrated. <laughs> yeah, that, that Get this guy out of here. That arc is literally the shape that assist percentage? Yeah. <laughs> All right. God of Blackness. That's his name. Appropriate for today. That's his name verbatim. As a representative of the Charlotte Hornets fan base, I will listen to wow. all offers for Bones Highland. Our only untouchable chip is mellow. Shoot your shot, fellas. Bless Dude, up. You know, give, me, give me a little PJ Washington. How about Man, no way. I'm telling you, you know who they would no trade way. if they were to trade? <laughs> PJ Washington. You don't want PJ Washington. Yeah, you do. Yeah. What do you mean? 
Can we acknowledge a super chat from a Charlotte Hornet? Hell yeah, fan? man. How's it coming dude. out? It's like Monday. Um, the God, I'll tell no you the less. player that they would go after, uh, to, in my opinion, is Cody Martin, who's been hurt all year. Mm. Cody Martin oh, might be a that's guy. That's what we need, another injured guy. Well, I mean, he's healthy now. I think I think he's healthy now. Actually, you should check on that. But here's the thing is... Like Gordon Hayward isn't constantly linked to the Nuggets the same way uh, <laughs> every white player in the league is every year. But my point is, is like this is... What does George Carl always say? That when you get to this stage, you can't win the press conferences anymore? Bones Highland for Cody Martin is an ultimate... You lost the press conference. The headliner you might win is, this show, though. But Bones Highland. But I'm telling you, but Cody Who's Martin is like a really <laughs> solid defensive wing. Oh, he's Who's great. like a smart? He plays like Christian. He's lesser of a Christian Brown, maybe, but he yeah, plays he's like, like a, a less exciting. That Christian would be Brown. that would be yeah. a black hole of sauce. Wind's been be trying to get. Move it would be the most made. sauceless move, but maybe an upgrade, like a guy that would actually play against sa- everyone. The sauce would be sucked. Well, out of Colorado what if he came here and played over Christian Brown? I wouldn't be too <laughs> That's happy. That's exactly about how that, that would play out. Oh, That's God. exactly you solved it. <laughs> oh, That's exactly what would happen. We're All right, bumped Buffs fans. Last one. Dylan Hackett would MPJ stagger with the bench instead of Jamal make Bones roll more clear thus improving his value again maybe i mean denver has not been trying that um so i don't think it's probably too late to go to that but i do think there's probably yeah, something i to thought it. there was something to it as and well. then there's something but that train has sailed all right, all right it's prime time it's prime time <laughs> let's try to let's try to get some buffs talk up in here everybody hit that like button on the way out tomorrow nuggets hosting the pelicans who have lost eight in a row we'll be here for the Uh-oh. post game show we'll see you then go buff